0: Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and today we're in Soul Talk. And thank you for being here with us. And I have a, a new friend that I just met a few days ago, and she is awesome. And uh, and her name actually, uh, her stage name, it is uh, it really goes with her, Kimi Energy. <laughs> it really goes with you. So let me tell you a little bit of who she is. Kimi is an empowerment coach and details on the point on impact on the emotional awareness of suppression she have gifts and abilities of healing and a, and a medium and very psychic and something that I brought my attention that is why I invite her to soul talk she is she have a group of empowerment men so uh, today we have her here and Kimi thank you for accepting my invitation I really appreciate it.
1: I am so excited to be here. And when I got your text after the podcast, the other day, I was just like, oh, what what a blessing. You know, you ask and you never know how what you ask for is going to show up. And um I needed to believe more in myself to market myself and my business because that's that's a stumbling block for me. And bam, there came your text. Would you like to be a guest on my show?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's how <laughs> the spirit works usually. Yeah, it
1: yeah. does. You you can make
0: this stuff up. And the funny part is that every time we ask, and we get this kind of confirmations, it makes us believe in ourselves. That I am a, a transformational belief coach, and that's what it helps. That confirmations all the time to we believe more in ourselves and in our psychic gifts because. And I
1: don't why we know ourselves like, in this all the time and i'm sure the universe is going are you sure you need this again here we go <laughs> you but know the- i
0: i hear you but i don't hear you well
1: oh um i was saying that you know when we ask the universe the same thing give me confirmation this is what i'm supposed to be doing um the universe must say how many times do i have to show you this until you believe in yourself <laughs>
0: That is true. Yeah, you want to raise your volume a little bit more, or something okay. like that. Sure. All right. Okay. Perfect. Well, I have. Um, I received your bio, but I would like to you tell us a little bit more of who you are, or what do you do.
1: Okay. So, my life has been kind of a learning curve, to say the least. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic family where my dad drank every day. We were pretty much beaten every day. And if you
0: weren't beaten that
1: day, you were really worried the next day because it was gonna be worse. Um, My parents split up when I was in grade two. Um, I watched my mom get the worst beating of her life at that time when I thought she was dead laying on the floor I had never seen so much blood in a person and you know it was a really question in my life is is being raised Catholic Ukrainian Catholic it was like really is this is my life this is what I get you know and it was very hard because my dad always said you know I'll be happy if You make it to grade 12, not pregnant, and you finish grade 12. And I I had no confidence. And the only outlet I had was figure skating, actually. When I put on my figure skates and I went and I skated in the morning and after school, and then I was on a competitive synchro team, I skated even extra. And that was my outlet. And when my parents separated, my dad said... He would pay for my figure skating, which was very expensive at that time, even in the mid seventies. He said, I'll pay for it, but you have to live with me. And I, I thought, how can I do it? Can I, can I take all of that for another 10 years with my dad? And I let that go. And I didn't know then how perseverance or what strength was inside, I had no idea what that was and determination. And at that point, I never stated again in my life. And um, it, it rocked my world of how the men in our life, or the father figure, and even brothers and uncles and cousins, um, how they have that um, protective and guidance role and since that time um the men that were supposed to be there for me let me down in many ways physically mentally emotionally spiritually sexually and i i didn't know what was what and at the same time i started asking questions that i was shunned for, like about our religion being Ukrainian Catholic and having to sit there and try and learn something when you're listening to a language you can't comprehend, but you're supposed to be there and look good and get a lesson and take that lesson for the week and have penance for what your sins are. But yet when people abuse you and sin against you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. And you know what? Later on, when I, um, in my first marriage, it was like, how is this priest going to tell me and guide me on being the wife that I want to be when he's not allowed to have sex? He's not allowed to marry, but he's going to guide me. And it just, boy, I had trouble with that. <laughs> and again, I asked questions and I didn't. Get the answers, and that marriage did not um, obviously work. And so, 18 months after that, I found myself single. And then I thought, well, that experience taught me communication, and I couldn't communicate. I didn't know how to communicate because life was always dictated to me. My dad set the standard that I was stupid, I would never learn anything. And I went to college and, um, he even undermined that saying, I had told the college, if this person ever phones, just tell him I'm a student here. I'm like, <laughs> where do you think I would ever have that power over a college just to, Oh yeah, she's a student here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I didn't have a value system. I didn't have a belief system. I had no guidance because after my mom and dad split when I was in grade two, my mom, I didn't know what mental health and emotional health depletion was. Like she laid on the couch for days and I didn't know that that was just purely exhaustion. I thought, oh my gosh, mom, we're not with him anymore. Like let's live. And her body was done. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually was done. And I kind of had to, I guess, raise myself um, at a very young age and look out for me. And then when she did get a job, when she was well enough, she was working nights. So I, you know, I went to school while she was sleeping. And then I was home alone at a very young age. And you know, sometimes not even having more than a bag of chips for supper because we had nothing. And I, I didn't know there was more out there. I thought that this would be my only life. And then I moved to a small town and I met my husband. And I thought this time, okay, I got it. I need to communicate. This is, this is what my life is. I know I have to communicate to him, what I do and do not want and so I was so excited because I had I had the strength to do this and I did it. But what went wrong in this marriage was expectations and assumptions that he was on the same track with me and that he wanted the same things and that it was a union that was going to, it was going to be, it was going to work. You know, I could see us sitting, sitting on the front deck, having coffee and, you know, watching our kids pull up to the drive to the farm and all that kind of stuff and bringing their friends and then bringing their spouses and the grandbabies. And I could see all of this this time. It's the first time I could see this kind of stuff. And it was so overwhelming and bliss. But the first time something validated that, my assumption and my expectation that he thought the same and wanted the same, blah blah blah. When that first assumption hit that shattered my world, I thought, oh my gosh, I have been duped again. And this time I was like, but I told, I told him what I did and didn't want, what was acceptable for me to live in all of this. But what I didn't do is challenge him to make sure that that's what he wanted and that trust once that trust was broken it was it was so tremendously hard you know <coughs> we we were gifted two of the most amazing beautiful intelligent kind children and that is our gift to the world from that union it is they I wish the world could see these two kids. They're amazing. And I have to, even though after 17 years, it didn't work, this is the most amazing part. And again, I was given lessons that turned into blessings because now I know how reciprocated conversation works to validate and to understand what someone's saying and agreeing with you. To follow. I never knew what intuition was before, probably eight years ago. And that when it spoke to me, that was my compass and my guiding system. And that's what you follow. Because my dad had told me I was stupid all my life, when I got that, I thought, oh no, that's wrong. It can't be right. So I would do the opposite of what my whole body was telling me. Although, I mean, I could have saved a a heartache of lessons, I needed those lessons to be where I am today. Yeah. because after i was separated the second time i sat up one day in my bed and i was bawling but i was bawling because i was relieved i thought oh my gosh this all makes sense i am supposed to help men who suppress who just take it and and aren't allowed to express their uh, emotions at an early age, who have grown up in what I call the boys don't cry um, method. Um, and so when they develop, and they grow and have relationships of all kinds friendships in high school or, or anything teammates, if you can't express your emotion, and you suppress that every time, that's like throwing a shovel of dirt on your soul. And every time that happens, you put more and more darkness in your soul. And finally, that pile gets so heavy and so dark. You just explode off the littlest thing because you can't take it anymore. And if these men who um, never had that opportunity... Um, and we're told, you know, boys don't cry, don't be a sissy and all that kind of stuff. Emotion is a development in, in every being that starts at birth that needs to be groomed and needs to have questions and needs to have answers. Um,
0: you know, the funny part is I, I grew up also in a Catholic family and yes, and the cat, but this mine was in Mexico. That is very, mm-hmm. also very strict, and the role genders are very, very strict for the the Catholics. I I, I divorced. I call myself that I divorced the church when I was twenty one.
1: Yep.
0: And because of all these things, all these patterns, but I did not realize then how our gender roles. We're gonna mark us as a society, and how it's gonna make us also feel when we divorce. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, divorced uh, four times, so uh, and that creates also um, a guilt and shame when it is not a it is not something that we should carry, men or women. And you're totally right. Men are, are raised that they should not express emotions. But at the same time it creates um, an abysm tremendously with the women because we're more emotional. We mm-hmm. should not show so many emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that is creating a very a rift between them. My, I, was, I, I my three I have four kids. My three older ones are boys. and my and last one was a daughter. When I was raising as single mother, because, you know, for marriage, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that when you marry one man he's going to be the father of the other kids, yeah. you know, and that's part of the system or mm-hmm. how it works. And uh, so I called it myself that I was a single mom. And um, mm-hmm. even if I was married with someone, that doesn't mean they were the father of my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and and marrying uh, Latinos continue being Latina uh, marrying Latinos they have more than mentality of macho and you should not express emotions, you should not but at the same time how you're even going to raise some boys as a female and and make men of, of of men even if you're a mother when you're still being raised in a macho society in a chauvinist society because it continue. It doesn't matter you stop being Catholic. It doesn't matter you stop being having all that. You continue with the same patterns of the society where you are living in. Mm-hmm. And that includes with your kids. So that's why for me it was very surprising that you were having a men empowerment group. because I know,
1: I, It's, but trust me, it's I mean, one of the things that I ever thought of. Um, but the thing is, is, when I'm with a group of men, I um, it's very almost, I don't know, it's it's so energetic for me because I can see, and I don't know if that's because I have the gift of seeing things and psychic and a medium. I don't know if, if that's how it's mine. I have to think that it is. I believe that it is. But Just from the own experience, you know, talking to men and saying, do you know that it's okay to cry when you're happy? You can have happy tears. And they look at you like, oh, okay, yeah. And I said, well, have you ever walked in while your child was sleeping and just felt that warm moment of how peaceful they are? And you kind of well up. It's okay to let those tears drop. That's a good thing, you know? just as something sad like a death or the end of a friendship or any kind of ending and you have tears, those have to come out. And I always use (laughs) my poor son. He probably hates this, but I always use an explanation when I uh, talk to my son, he was about 13. And I noticed that something wasn't right. And um, I, I took him aside and I asked him and I said, (coughs) Um, has somebody told you not to cry, that it's bad to cry, shouldn't cry? And he said, yeah, really? Sh-? And very sheepishly, like he put his head down. And and I'm like, I said, you know, son, that is very unkind. I said, that, that has to come out. And he looked at me totally confused. And I said to him, I said, you know, it's just like if our body has to pee or poop. It has to come out. It's toxic. It needs to come out. It's done doing its business. And now we need to release it. And if we keep those tears in and all those emotions attached to just even one teardrop, you're going to explode. And that's when people have fights and that's, you know, when you see anger and, um, and later on in life, that's, When people can't deal with that, and I don't mean just men, but there's cheating in marriages. There's, you know, there's alcoholism, addictions of every kind, gambling, sex addictions, and everything. You have to find that escape to get through. And you don't even know the root of the problem or why. And the root of the problem is that your emotional awareness has never developed because you were shunned from having emotion. You know, men aren't just to bring home the paycheck, take out the garbage and take the kids to hockey practice. There is a little bit more to this kind of stuff. And so watching the men in my life, looking back and thinking, what if they had this knowledge that I have now? And could they have been different people, different husbands? different dads, different friends, different leaders in their community and things like that. And so I somehow had the courage or the vision or the knowledge within me, the knowing power to create hashtag him to emotional awareness. And it hit, it's just been amazing. I've written, been a part of three books that are bestsellers on Amazon. And I'm in a public speaking group called Blue Talks, which is in Canada. And um, it's blue stands for business, life and universe. Mm -hmm. And we tour around talking and some of our tours have stopped because of COVID, but um, I'm getting my message out. And the leader of this, dear friend, he created Blue Talks. When I told him what my message was, he said, you are the only woman standing on their soapbox (laughs) promoting this for men and I said am I nuts and he said no you run you run with this and so getting this message out is so important because when I work with a group of men either online or in a workshop group watching them be able to be vulnerable for the first time with an emotion and Unwrap all of that. You know, they know in their body, they have the answers. I have to ask the right questions for them to find those answers because they're buried so deep. So, so many piles of dirt have been shoveled on their soul that each time they have an aha moment, we take a shovel of that dirt off. And so when each shovel comes off, We can let that light back into our soul, to our being, and we can really be who we're supposed to be. Um, When they get these aha moments in a workshop, it's like, they're my little kids, and I'm so excited for them, (laughs) and then they use the terminology from the classes, and then people that they associate with or their bosses come up to me in public, and they aren't scared to tell me when everybody's in local grocery store how this person has become so evolved you know they're they're not swearing all the time they're coherent at a a staff meeting they have involvement they don't want to go to that rage stage whenever they say something or it isn't right I teach them that there's seven levels of energy in us every day and level one being the most catabolic is your range and how each level up goes more and more anabolic, which is happiness, which is good. You know, your body needs that anabolic energy going through it. And it, it's just so remarkable. It's so remarkable. And to have this chance to express this with you, share it for your listeners and, you know, it may not, um, it may not be for someone that's listening but you know someone who needs it and that networking and that sharing this is all in divine time this is no coincidence that you and I are sitting here today it, it's it got such a bigger purpose that we, we just don't know like, we don't know what's going to happen but it's going to slow
0: I am part of the, the Blue Talks too I also uh, co-author with Corey and he's an amazing man raised by a single mother that's a perfect example of of a a mother that knew how to raise a good man that is very successful now but he's in touch with the feelings, with emotions and he's not afraid to speak it out and that's where it's so successful Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Elon Musk, let's put it like that he's a very Mm -hmm. successful man internationally known but I have never heard him talking about emotions ever in all the interviews that he have done ever, and yes, there's when they you tell them be talk your mind it's really their mind not their heart. Yeah.
1: there's a difference
0: there is a big difference <laughs> when you ask them, what do you feel they look at you like because when I have my patients, like okay, what do you feel? And they look at me like, yes. What is your emotion? What is your mm-hmm. feeling? And you have to um, put it in little things, so like that, I can understand what you're saying, or else they just speak their mind. And that's the main reason sometimes. What is so hard actually even to work with men because of of those reasons. And but I totally feel that it is uh, contributed by the women the mothers that we did not did our job well because if we were the ones in charge when they were 2 years old and we uh, and we were telling them don't cry boys don't cry but your the, sister that is the same age she can cry so it is the fault of the moms that oh, I, I can
1: I disagree with you I'm going to
0: please
1: and, and maybe it's different because of how you grew up but a lot of the male influences in the children's lives, that's a big thing. Don't be a sissy, don't cry. And what that it's a generational thing. Like when I'm working with the men, it's it's the way their grandpa talked to them, their great grandpa, their dad, it's the way that they've even talked to their child. So I tell them, and even the women that I work with, now I've developed a hashtag for to because this Emotional awareness is everyone, every age. Like, I would love to get into the schools and start talking to kids at a young age saying, you know what? What you feel in your tummy is so important.
0: Your volume came out.
1: What you feel in your tummy is your guidance, and you have to follow that. So, I tell my men, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) I tell my class that they. Um, They have to give forgiveness to their parents, their church, their school, the media at the time they were being raised. All of those people only knew what they had knowledge to in what they were doing. We have to let that go. My dad went through the same thing as what he did to me and my brothers. Only because it was done to him by his dad. It's a generational thing. I have to let go of that part. And now it's my decision and my choice to go beyond that and heal, support other people, or lay down on the couch and play victim. And never, ever did I ever see that in my mind. Like, that was never a vision of option for me. If anything, I always see my hands crawling, crawling, you know, and I didn't know what that was at the time. I didn't know that was a vision and that was intuition and that's the way it was supposed to be and to follow that. And so to me, I thought I was stubborn because I wasn't laying down. I wanted answers. I asked questions and it <sighs> no was not an answer for me. There had to be more. There was, has to be more to this life. Than being a punching bag emotionally, physically, and all of that. There has to be more. And when I got my aha moment after my second separation, this is what formed: was the hashtag him too. And oh, wow, like wow!
0: <laughs> I can you know see the change that can be in the world if everybody's in touch with their emotions. And they can feel the empathy, they become empathic. So like that, they can feel compassion for the rest of the world. The world can change.
1: Well, just think of it, Monica. Right in this moment, how many women around the world are giving birth to little boys? Oh. Massive. And if we have the opportunity and the availability to start talking about emotion now, We are not fixing these guys when they're men, and they've had such trauma and heartache. What if we sent the energy of what we know now to all these little boys being born in the world in this moment and send contributions for them to have this wholeness and to understand and it's okay to feel and ask questions.
0: And something that you say that it is very important to understand for everybody that is listening right now, or later on, it is that the gender roles have changed. It's not like our parents and our grandparents. It's not only one person that has to be the provider. Mm-hmm. That is not only one responsibility of one of the parents to be parent. Yeah. It is very different times. Yeah. I am a grandmother. And uh, and I see it this with my with my kids. That is like, oh, I do the mistakes because you did these mistakes. I'm like, okay, then learn from my mistakes. and don't <laughs> My mistakes is so simple.
1: <laughs> and I tell some. I I even tell my class. Um, you know, we don't learn the right thing always from our parents. They don't always show us the right lessons. But when they show us a lesson of. I, and I hate the the word mistake. I always say lesson because it's never a mistake. There's something in there to learn and that will turn into a blessing later on or at least expecting it. But during the time of a parent or a caregiver or mentors in our life, when they have a lesson they're going through, that's our key to do the opposite, to make it. OK, so I've seen this hardship. How do I turn this around so that? That is never something I have to concern myself with. Like, what is the lesson here that I can learn from their mistake? And we're not taught that in school. We're taught to read and write. And, but we're not taught such a fundamental thing about emotion. Never, ever. I mean, when I grew up, it was always the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done to you. Well that's great, but when somebody slaps you across the face, that's not really what I wanted. You know it's everyone's perspective is as unique as their favorite. It's not the same. We're not all equal <clears throat> to perspective and to common sense. Every individual sees things differently.
0: Yes, I I agree. So do you then do you have groups of men or do you work one-on-one? How do you work with them?
1: Both, both. Um, I have a, a very amazing nonprofit organization that I work with locally. And um, I'm trying to get proposals out to other nonprofits uh, for this because it it's just difficult, but I need to... I need to buckle down and do it because the world needs it. And that's not ego-based. No, I
0: I believe it is very necessary in this time because mm -hmm. if we want to make the change, we have to not only heal ourselves, but we also need to help others in the same transition. We can't help others if we haven't helped ourselves. And you're doing your work, but it is important that we as coaches... We help others. And, and what you're doing, it is amazing. It is... Thank you for doing that. It is a service that I personally... Even if I had three boys and I had a made I, I do had an amazing... But, uh, but at the same time, there is things that I haven't healed or I, I'm working with myself, but I don't know how to communicate that to a man. And that's something that I have uh, encountered after raising three boys, <laughs> that, I, that I that I did not know how to talk to men. Because it's a, it's a, it's a different language. It is a skill when yeah. you're talking to them. And I I don't possess that.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know how I got it, but I seem to have it. <laughs> yes.
0: So, but I believe it, it is very important and more, uh, more people, women and men, uh, to because I know it's easier for women to have a coach sometimes more when they're teenagers
1: mm-hmm. that is
0: a female that can understand you back, mm-hmm. and for men, also the same thing, but there is not enough male teachers. No. Male and teachers. the
1: thing is, is that emotions are universal and they're not specific to a gender. And when I accepted my gifts, probably eight to ten years ago, that I had healing powers where I could work distancely from say here in Alberta, Canada to where you are. Um, then it made it so much easier for me to see a soul and a being, not a man and a woman. We, <laughs> the outside shell doesn't matter. What matters is the inside. And I, to do my work, I have to be non judgmental. So, and I think that's part of the gift where I can work with men is because some people could have a grudge against men for going through what I went through, but I see the hurt and the pain of the soul and the being. And I know that there is a different perspective and that now there is a different way and we can heal that. We can work. We can have tools for that, you know, um, and that is universal. That is, that doesn't attach a sex or a role to it. It, it's the being and the soul. If people say, how can you be like that? And I said, well, I'll put it this way. If my dad came to my door right now, and I haven't seen him since I was, oh boy, I haven't seen him in 30 years. If he came to my door and said, hey, can you do your thing to help me, either with my hands on healing or coaching? I would say yes in a heartbeat, because every being should have that opportunity to heal. I don't think we need to be in pain because that's just contributing to what the world is going through right now, if that I makes sense.
0: When you heal yourself, you're healing at the same time the mm-hmm. future generations.
1: Absolutely. And so I would I would definitely work with my dad, hands down, what i bake break bread with him and have supper with him? No. I don't have to allow myself that. But my gifts are to be used and to be shared. And 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 that part is such a purpose in life.
0: I agree. <laughs> I have a, a, uh, something that I was reading about um, your bio that you put, uh, that you're... You help ending the suffering, the cycle of suffering. You just you said um, expressing the emotions or or the forgiveness, or how do you work with with your clients in that way?
1: Well, I like I said before, I stated that it's important for my clients to let go of the grudge and and know that. Those people in their lives that had um, done damage to them were on their own journey, either consciously or subconsciously. And that has nothing to do with where we are right now. That was a part of your journey. So we the first thing is is to find that point of impact of where it happened, where suppression was started. And it can be something as little as child walking with parent or a grown-up and skinning their knee and seeing blood come out for the first time and crying because they're shocked and having an adult just grab them by the arm and say oh you're fine let's go but they're not fine one they don't know what blood is two they're kind of it burns and it stings a little And so they're not sure of it. It's an emotion. It's something that they don't have any reference to upstairs. So, in that moment, the suppression starts for that child. So, do they, when they hurt themselves again, do they say something out of fear? Do they say something and hope that they're not told they're stupid or being a sissy? And I mean, you get the little things. Then as you get older and older, they become the big things. But we have to let go of the people, the grudge and the attachment to that and that person. This is your journey. Whether you want to evolve and expand past that moment of impact and letting go of all of that, that's that is a choice you get to make that choice and you'll know in the first few minutes when we start working if you're willing to do that and it's not going to be immediate it's going to take steps and we're going to have tools for that and we'll have to go back to that every once in a while and that's okay um but moving forward to when they have that moment um that they can let go and, and they can give themselves permission to forgive, that forgiveness is for them to start to work. Once they forgive, then the healing starts. You'll never forget. I'll never forget what my dad did to us. I will never forget in my entire life, watching my mom lay there the last time. Mom tried to beat my dad 14 times and was beaten worse she got home all the time my grandma and grandpa pushed her to go back no you have to go back you have to go back you have to go back and when my grandma was dying she told me i'm sorry kimberly i'm sorry i told your mom to go back every time
0: that was part of the program the mm-hmm. divorce women as uh, more the catholics uh, well yeah. maybe another religions too but i remember growing up as a catholic that that yeah. was no, no, a, a woman that divorce, it is gonna be marked into society, people are gonna talk. And more, you were growing up in a small town, mm-hmm. so you have to stay with your husband, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what. <coughs> and that's I,
1: you know, when my mom died, I so wanted to do
0: um, you brought him again. I'm okay. sorry, um,
1: when my mom died, I so wanted to do it to see how many. For some reason, I don't know why, but...
0: I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Because oh, sorry. Back.
1: When my mom died, um, I wanted to do an MRI on her body to see all the damage that was done from my dad for some reason. And that still sticks with me, even though I can s- visually see all the broken bones. I think I didn't need proof, but... It, I don't know why that was an issue for me, but that was something that um, I really wanted because I don't think the world understands it unless they can see it, right?
0: Unless they have experienced themselves. Right. I, I come from a, my third marriage. was a, I was getting beaten almost every day, broken wrist, trying mm-hmm. to choke me twice, beat me when I was pregnant, Sarah And when people tell me, how long you last in that marriage? It's like I lasted five years. Like, how, why? Because there's the batter woman syndrome, and it is very, very real, mm-hmm. and that happens also with men.
1: Oh, I'm not gonna say
0: only the women are the ones that are gonna get batter, men mm-hmm. get batter because you should never hit a woman so the women can hit hit them yeah. at the same time. Both parts are wrong,
1: oh, definitely, and that's why um, hashtag Herb is created because for everyone. Emotional awareness is something everyone needs.
0: Yes, and uh, and there is never gonna be okay beating each other, <laughs> men or women. But yes, I agree. And uh, and for each part to the the batter syndrome, mm-hmm. it is very real because it is very hard oh. to come out, and more if you are carrying religion in it. You're carrying guilt. It should be your fault. That's why they're hitting you. That's why they're beating you. My,
1: my mom must have been some kind of pioneer. And maybe that's why I feel that I'm a pioneer doing my work with men and stuff, is because it was in the early 70s. There was no food banks. There was no women's shelter. There was yeah, <laughs> there was nothing. She left on her own and wow like what strength and courage you know and yeah she had no help after like, emotional help or mental help you know there was nothing man.
0: and what it comes out in there there's a shame and blame and so forth when even to to even to ask for the divorce you don't want to tell anyone i was getting beaten publicly you what some those things you want to hide it there is the trauma that ex- exists in the house, but you don't want to say it out loud because it's embarrassing.
1: It is, but, you know, like, mom would have black eyes all the time. And we lived right across the street from church in the rectory where the priests lived. And they would walk by our house all the time and they would hear the screaming from the meetings. Oh, I guess apparently that's acceptable. You know, like, never once did they come... Say is something wrong, and I can't imagine. I would love to go back and talk to the neighbors that lived beside us, that witnessed it, and heard it, right? Heard the screams, heard because my dad would beat us outside too. So our na- everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen the bruises. He, you know, but yet, you know, nobody. There was no one there as a refuge. And now, that's what I'm doing.
0: That is important. I have heard uh, therapy saying, well, if they're getting beaten, it, it should be their fault. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, how would you got the license? You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Or just leave. Just leave. Because oh, yeah. then you're going to become
0: responsible the death of someone because how many women, they did not survive, or men, they did not survive. Mm -hmm. that part and that is very emotional and you you're right what you just said we can't we have to forgive but not forget Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't have to stay in a relationship that treats you like that but at the same time uh you have to forgive them because it's for you it's not for them
1: you. you. you know when you start to heal Um, there's things and there's services that can help you lessen those memories. Um, I did, um, rapid eye movement desensitization and wow, like I can go to a scene now, even the scene of my mom laying on the floor and dad hit her so hard that her false teeth snapped in her mouth and there was blood all over, like all over. I can look at that now without emotion or that sting attached to it. And it's like a picture on the wall now. And you you desensitize them. There are there are options out there. Nobody talks about them. Yes. And right. you know, that's the next thing I want to learn is now how to do this with my clients to help them. Um really, really want to To start a a foundation um, for PTSD with soldiers, it it has been something for me for probably about the last ten years, and it's part of the hands-on healing that I do, plus the coaching I do. I
0: I have the name
1: picked out. I have. I don't know how to do foundation, but that's part of my journey, and and these skills and these tools that I've learned that is. That is what I want to do. We send these men and women to overseas or wherever. They they have a trauma much like what I witnessed in a different way. And they come back to us and are expected to
0: Integrate. just,
1: yeah, like nothing ever happened. And it's there's no real support for them or help for them. There's no places to turn. And how many of them commit suicide because they can't handle what's in their brain anymore? And learning that new tool of rapid eye movement desensitization and starting this organization and foundation is something I want so bad. Like, that's, I can taste it. I can just taste it. Yeah.
0: Oh, spirit will open you the doors in that way, and yes, that's also very, very uh, important. There are many. I have discovered so many techniques. I study NLP, Mm -hmm. uh, hypnotherapy. Right now, I'm studying cognitive behavior therapy. That one also I have heard that um, that it is very good for PTSD. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There, but there are thousands and thousands. They are
1: like the one. I first learned my healing abilities going through Reiki and being attuned through Reiki. Then um, access bars was put in my lap. And to me that, I don't know if it's just, it um, is more of my energetic level, but to me, it's a thousand times more powerful than Reiki. I, I can't, it changed my life. It changed my life. And when I work on people, it's it takes an hour, and I can't believe it. I had a gentleman um, who was at a mental health um, workshop for men in our county, and he's um, second generation here, farming, has kids and that kind of thing, works in the oil field too and i wasn't allowed to present at this but i was allowed to put my material in their own bags and it was probably a week or two after the event and my phone rings and his number had been programmed into my phone he, he was a very good friend of my former husband and he said kimberly i th- i think i'm going to end things and i'm like whoa And I said, talk to me. And he, he cried and he said, I just can't take it anymore. And I asked him, I said, can you be at my office in Killam in an hour? And he said, yes. So I, we spent two or three hours together that first time. And we talked a little bit first. And then I did access bars on his, on his head and it, it was amazing. The stress that fell from his face when he was done, he, he felt hope right away. Hope was an instant thing he felt. So he went home and we booked for the next night. And I called him the next day and I said, well, how, how was it? And he said, I've never slept like that. In the years. I can't remember when I've slept like that last time. And to me, that's all I need as reassurance, I'm on my path, right? And so we did it again that night and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I I, I can't believe the energy and it's a learned tool. I can teach anybody this tool around the world in one day. I took my training for that. And if we could do that for people and show them how to take away stress, but yet at the same time infuse confidence and uh, any ability they require, it it's just phenomenal. Um, and I can do this. The only thing I really need to be hands-on for is to teach it. And it's a one-day class and you can use it your family and friends or you can start your business and you can stop right there you don't have to do anything more but it's Access Consciousness The Bars and it's with the Access Consciousness Foundation and that whole way of living consciously has changed my life
0: it's something that I have to experiment yet I have not tried that one yet oh really? Yes, but well, I we can
1: swap services one day.
0: Yes, I would love that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Something that I was hearing you in another interview about your psychic powers—how uh clairvoyant uh clairvoyant you are—and because I can feel them, sense them, smell them, and have conversations with them. But a while back, uh, I stopped seeing them, my guides, mm-hmm. or, or and and mainly. I can't put blocks for the people that have died in this mm-hmm. in this plane, because and I try to raise more. I am a channeler, mm-hmm. so I try to talk more with my higher self or my guides or ascended masters, etc. It is more than uh, more than dead people. That doesn't mean I never do it. I do it. My mother died in December. And my father died 17 years ago. That we always in communication. And uh, but I'm not so open to to that people. But you are, and you are really really good for, for what I have heard. And uh, and how do you in, uh, intermix this with the messages that you receive and with your clients? Because you are very very gifted. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, you know it's great not to use it.
0: Oh, you're wrong. Oh, sorry.
1: I. I don't like to combine my gifts with a lot of things. Um, I mean, the minute I talk to a new client, I know exactly what they need because I can feel that. But if you were um, someone that came to me that didn't believe in all of that, and you came to me for coaching, I would not integrate that in there. Um, A lot of the people that come for hands-on work, they'll... If I know them personally, I'll say, if you have a message, would you like to hear it? Some will say yes and some will say no. They just not for them. But I will tell them right there, when I'm done your access bars, then I will talk to that spirit because I don't want them to um, to cross into it's too much it's too hard on my head and it takes more energy. So I'll ask that spirit for that message. You have to wait, and sometimes, sometimes if I have <laughs> the medium reading booked, um, I've made the mistake of saying, "Oh, I'm not feeling anything. Maybe somebody can start coming in or whatever, and like make it a little easier for me because I feel stressed, that I don't know anything right now." And that was the very wrong thing to do. I was, I was booked. The spirit came to me as I was curling my hair and in, in my nightgown, getting ready to go to work. And he's he's like, "I'm ready, I'm ready," and I'm like, "Holy God, like, like you can't be in here! I'm getting ready." have <laughs> to He was so excited because the union. Had
0: to leave.
1: Oh, sorry. He he was so excited. Because he was going to get to talk to his wife and his two girls, and I'm like, Mike, you got to go. Like, it's not time yet. <laughs> so I don't do that
0: anymore. <laughs> I do agree with that, but I wanted to ask you to um, if you have a. Um, I know there's there's so many timelines that the world can go, and there's many possibilities that we can go. Because that depends on the collective of the majority of the collective of the human being, but there is some that there we're tapping in as a collective, and we can see where it's going. And I wanted to ask you more because you're from Ukraine. That uh, that what are you f- message do you have for what is coming right now, for the collective, the human collective, in in Ukraine? I know they said have fun because you're from there. I um. You're, I can Sorry,
1: I don't know what do my computer. I don't. I don't actually know if I still have relation there. I'm sure I do. I've never looked into it. However, the last few days, and I don't usually do a negative reading or allow it, um, because it's shocking to me and. I'll, I'll use an example if we still have time first of why uh, a very dear friend of mine was on her deathbed. And I said to her energetically, I was driving and I said, Nancy, are you, are you really ready to die? Cause I can help you or I can send contributions if you're not. And she was so excited and she answered me into this big smile. She goes, oh, yes, I'm ready. And I was just overwhelmed because it's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear, hear forever, right? And I started to cry and I said, okay, then let's get you to where you want to be. Let's, let me help you with contributions so that it's not a struggle for you. And she died not long after that. And it really made me. Uh, it it really kind of shocked my foundation because I had to learn that, whatever the message is, that's what it is. Um, I can't change it. I can be a contribution to it, but I cannot change it. And it's not my um, choice. It's, it's not my place to change what's happening if that makes sense i don't know if there's a more if there are different words for that but it's that's not my job is to change things for only good i can contribute good and power and energy and healing but that's it that's
0: that's but many, it but many times as a psychics we just can be the observers yeah and that's yeah. the max we can do
1: yeah and as i observe for ukraine it is so sad and I cry inside my heart and I it's like I'm over the, the province and country of Ukraine and I'm crying. It, it is, it's going to get so horrible. So very, very horrible. And there's going to be so much pain and loss, not just death loss, but homes and businesses and structure, government, like, It's going to get bad. And I am sending contributions to everyone there for strength and courage and perseverance. But I'm also sending to Putin, dude, calm down here. Like, can I be, can I send some peace to you so that maybe you can just have a blink of awareness of what the other side is going through? Nobody wins in war. The leader is either a winner or a loser but nobody looks at the collective people that have had to give up absolutely everything and unfortunately it just breaks my heart what I see
0: definitely Putin will need your class how to be in touch with his emotions (laughs) (laughs) I will
1: give it to him free
0: (laughs) we all will (laughs) If
1: if he calls me and says, hey, so I heard you on this Monica's podcast. Do you mind working? I'll fly you over. I'm there. Like I said, even with my dad, I'm there. I, you know, we're not best friends, but I certainly would be there to help them.
0: (laughs) I do agree with that. Do you have a class uh, right now that is going to start or something where the people can uh, sign up? I
1: don't, but one-on-one classes can go anytime. You know, we can... um, I want to do some classes and post them on teachables and maybe could could jabby. I'm not really good with that one yet. And I don't know how to do those things yet. So I'm learning that, but yep. Contact me. And if you say that you heard me on Monica's program, I will give you $25 off your first session.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That, that is very, very good. And yes. I I use Kajabi and it is very very helpful.
1: Is it easy to learn? I'm not really techy. I'm learning tech, but I am learning.
0: I am I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but it's <laughs> easier and easier I I learned from my VAs because I did hire a VA and I I learn from them.
1: Yep. And
0: a lot of YouTubes. <laughs> 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 but I I'm getting better. I I, I, can, I can set up a a class in Kajabi. <laughs> and landing pages and all these kind of things that we wish we only can do our work yes but that's that's part of the uh of the work or unless we can hire va's Mm -hmm. and they can do that part of the the job that that is (laughs) such enjoyable (laughs) parts for us oh my god it's been amazing to talking with you would you like something else to share uh before we close
1: no that you know what, everything is virtual. My what I called hands on healings. I've had so many clients that I work distantly. I actually am closing my um offices that I have that I'm paying rent on because it can all be done this way now. You know, COVID has unfortunately had many um bad things happen, but it's also made technology and different ways to communicate and have availability skyrocket. And so I'm giving up my actual office spaces, and I'm just working from home virtually. There's nothing that I can't can do for you that I can't do virtually and hands-on. The only thing I can't do is teach you access bars. That is an in-person class, but that's something I as long as I have two people, I
0: can teach the class. Yes, and they can uh, contact you in KimiEnergy.com. You have right. your screen in the back, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, and I will be posting more of her information, that where you can contact her, and uh, in the description. And uh, and thank you everybody for listening Soul Talk. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. And thank you, Kimi. Thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it.
1: Very honored.
0: Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to Monica warrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.